handle the truth. We the People Radio is back on the road again, this time from Dallas. I'm your host, James, and joining me down in Dallas is my man, Garrett, the host of Sergeant and Samurai podcast. Go give those guys a follow. They put out great content. They're true patriots. Love what they're doing. And they're also going to be joining us on the Patriot Podcast Network, which was just announced. We're very excited to be a part of it. We the People Radio is going to be coming to Roku Internet TV. So if you have a Roku or a Roku TV, keep an eye out for the Patriot Podcast Network because we're going to be on there. Our good friend Steaks for Breakfast, Sergeant and Samurai Podcast, The Great Divide Podcast with Alan Jacoby. Um, the White Rabbit Podcast, Cannabis, so many more. There's like 20-plus shows on this network, and we're very excited to be a part of it. So look out for that. But this interview, we sat down with uh, one of the most brilliant men I've had the opportunity to sit down with, and it was one of my favorite interviews that uh, we had the honor of doing. We sat down with Dr. Thomas Lewis. He's the CEO of Health, Health Revival Partners. Go to healthrevivalpartners.com to check out more. Um, but... Dr. Tom Lewis, he's a medical, he holds a medical science uh, degree in chemistry from MIT, and he's got a certification from Harvard School of Public Health. He's a very, very smart man, and we got into a ton of different topics. You know, obviously, we talked about the current situation with with China. China. And uh, how that's going, but we also talk about big pharma and how corrupt and evil it is, because I love what Dr. Tom Lewis is doing. So many doctors are just, you know, throwing medication and, and, and throwing these drugs at people to try to, you know, make them feel better, et cetera, et cetera. Where Dr. Tom Lewis is, is actually taking the time, looking at people's labs and trying to find the root cause of these illnesses and attacking them. He's one of the leading doctors in the world on dementia and Alzheimer's. He also wrote the book Quarterback Your Health. And uh, he's seen a ton, a ton of success. We get we get into mushrooms, not just our favorite psilocybin mushrooms, but, you know, reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, all the benefits that these things have. Um, we get into big pharma, like I said, in the corruption, the American Medical Association, the schooling that these people go through. Um, we get into some poop. And uh, we actually learn about soap. It's pretty wild. Soap and cholesterol and how they go hand in hand. So <laughs> you definitely... <laughs> My mind is blown, let me just tell you. Cholesterol is soap, and soap is cholesterol. We'll just say that. Um, so go to healthrevivalpartners.com uh, to check out more about what Dr. Thomas Lewis is doing, uh, and if you want to schedule a consultation with him uh, and figure out how healthy you actually are and where on the scale that you fit, because that's what he does. He puts you on a scale. Somewhere in the world is the healthiest human being, and somewhere... In the world is the least healthiest human being who's about to croak and die, and somewhere in between you fall. And uh, he figures out he he finds a way to figure out where you fall, and it's really really fascinating stuff. So go to healthrevivalpartners.com. And this episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, BioPro Plus. Go to bioproteintech.com. That's B-I-O Protein Tech T-E-C-H dot com to check out more, but what they offer is uh, amazing. Uh, this is a truly amazing product. I've been taking it for about a week and a half because if you know us, we're not just going to partner with anybody that doesn't align with us and it's not something that we'd actually use, and this this product is absolutely amazing. So a little science-y, um, HGH is a human growth hormone. is secreted in the pituitary gland. It goes down to the liver and triggers uh, growth factors and creates growth factors. Those growth factors, uh, they are cel they're cellular signals that are sent out into the bloodstream and actually tell the cells what to do. It's not HGH itself. 
what you're taking is actually an extraction of the natural growth factors offsetting what your body doesn't produce as much of every year as you age. And as you get older, we we don't produce as much growth. And it's for men and women as well. It's 100% non-synthetic, 100% safe, and 100% effective. Uh, It's responsible for function and metabolism, muscle development, insulin sensitivity, libido, and sexual function. I'll tell you, my, my, my girl hates me right now because I'm taking this stuff. Uh, immune, immune sensitivity, wound, wound and uh, tissue healing, bone density and health and skin, bone density and health, skin and hair. Uh, there's so much science out there that it's actually overwhelming. And the youth and growth factors helps, helps in Parkinson, fibromyalgia, diabetes, and neurological disorders. This company is absolutely amazing. And that's that's from them, from me, me personally, and that's what you guys want to hear. Like I said, um, I've been using this for about uh, a week. I just started my second week on BioPro Plus. And if you've been listening to our show, actually, in this episode, we talk about it. How, uh, you know, before when I was a professional fighter, I, you know, I had a ton of energy, a ton of motivation, a ton of drive. I literally felt like an animal, like I was a savage. And because of my injury that I sustained in a car accident, I've been very sedentary and I haven't been able to work out and do the things that I truly love to do because of my injury. And I've noticed a big difference in my drive, my motivation, that that animalistic hunger that I had, it's gone. Like I notice it big time. And I, I, I've been literally praying for something like this. You know, aunt, I talk to Ant all the time who's uh, a bodybuilder himself uh, about this and how I really miss that animalistic feeling that I used to have, that hunger, that drive to just wake up and get after it every single day. And I'll tell you, I started taking Bioprotein Plus, and immediately, like the first week, I've noticed a major difference. My drive, my motivation, that hunger. I literally feel like I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Like this stuff is truly amazing. Uh, my neck pain, it's not nearly as intense. It's it's unbelievable stuff, and I, I highly, highly recommend it. I really didn't want to go the big pharma route. I didn't want to take the needle and go get the synthetic, synthetic HGH. There's so many side effects. We know what big pharma is about uh, and, and how they operate, and that's not the route that I wanted to go, but it was, it was getting to the point. I'm getting into my mid-30s where I was really considering it, and BioPro Plus came out of nowhere. Dustin over there at BioPro Plus sent us a sample box, a month supply, and it's been a total game changer for me. I'm so thankful for those guys over at BioPro Plus. So go to BioProteinPlus.com. That's B-I-O Protein. Oh, I'm 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 a little retarded today. I apologize. It's BioProteinTech.com. I misspoke because the product is BioPro Plus. Like I said, I'm a little retarded sometimes. You guys know. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. So go to bioproteintech.com. That's B-I-O-Protein-T-E-C-H.com. Bioproteintech.com. Go pick up some BioPro Plus. Put in code WETHEPEOPLE at checkout for $30 off your order. So that's bioproteintech.com. Code WETHEPEOPLE for $30 off your order. You will not regret it. This stuff is really amazing. Nick has been taking it. Ant has been taking it. We all love it. So go check it out, bioproteintech.com, and code we the people for $30 off your order. I hope everybody enjoys Dr. Tom Lewis. Go check out healthrevivalpartners.com. Schedule a consultation. Pick up his book, Quarterback Your Health. Uh, If it's not on the website, go to Amazon. We'd rather not go to Amazon. Pick it up off the website if you can, and check out bioproteintech.com.
We really appreciate you guys. Enjoy. You can't handle the truth. You know, um, I, I think that in New Jersey, maybe the most important man in healthcare. Who's that? One guy. His name is Pat DeLeo. He's an investment banker, brilliant financier. And for 15 years, he's been working on developing a program to take down the Bukas. And the Bukas are Blue Cross, Aetna, United. Mm. So yeah. the, the only the only uh, insurance companies in New Jersey. Yep. Right. Yeah. But you know, at the you end of, at the end of the day, you need a payer that will support good health. Yes. And if you don't have that, then you'll have what we have right now, which is a two-tiered system. We have the standard of care, which is largely ineffectual, mm -hmm. especially with chronic disease, abysmal. Okay, if you break your arm, you go to a doctor. But if you have cardiovascular disease, the worst thing you can do is go to a cardiologist. Then the other tier is really functional medicine. And these are doctors that are renegades, and they said, screw this system, and they went out on their own. But they want to get paid well, okay? And America has, a, have you ever heard of Dave Chase, the health Rosetta? No. No. Um, Dave Chase, pretty famous. They don't, they're sort of in, the, in between. They're not quite functionally minded. But Dave Chase is famous for his video, YouTube video, millions of views, how healthcare stole the American dream. Because the price of healthcare in America is two and a half times more than the average of the other 35 developed nations. Finland, the UK, Germany, Japan, two and a half times more. Wow. So, so what, what happening, what's happening with healthcare is, and what Dave Chase says, the health Rosetta, is that the cost is so high that really your most of your disposable income is chewed up by your healthcare premiums. Your deductibles. I definitely believe that. Yes. And Obamacare only made it worse. Right, and so what we have is a two-tier system, one where you're getting almost nothing at extraordinarily high cost, mm -hmm. and the reason why we're doing that, America's a sick nation, and you do that just because, protect your family mm -hmm. in case you get cancer. Preventative cancer. measures, right. right. And they All don't the do, preventative they do a medicine. job with that anyway. Yep. Then the functional group, which we have over 50,000 functional docs, they're they're entrepreneurial and renegade, and they're, I've been trying to bring them together in sort of a union, if you will. Okay. And it's been extremely difficult because they're, by nature, entrepreneurial and, and sole proprietors. The more, the more functional group right. of doctors, The correct? integrative and functional yep. alternative. But, you know, I don't really, that's a bad term. They really do good medicine. Mm -hmm. They do good medicine. But because of that, you know, you hire a functional doc, and particularly now with COVID, you're, you're into a chunk of change, all private pay, out of your pocket. Yep. And so, you know, you can get good medicine from them. But you got to be able to afford it. You got to be able to afford it. And you're still and paying, cheap. you're still paying exorbitant uh, dollars for your deductibles and, deductibles and insurance mm -hmm. over here. So you're saying, why the hell do I have to all of a sudden, I'm paying $25,000 for my family of four. Oh yeah. And now I got to pay another 10 grand. Oh, you know, for to reverse my cardiovascular disease or figure out why I have fibromyalgia or my mom has uh, Alzheimer's. And it's just like, it just, it's sucking our, 
It's sucking our people dry. Oh, it bankrupts people. It destroys people's lives. I got a Bankrupt family. Yeah. So, I got a family of five, so I understand that the, the so cost of health care. <laughs> real quick, I, I just want to let that roll because we were having a great conversation. We're yeah. sitting down with Dr. Tom Lewis. And, uh, man, I mean, this, this is an exciting conversation because when you came over and you started talking about your philosophy and, and how people aren't talking about health and they're shoving this medicine down our throats, this is exactly what we've been saying since day one. Because yeah, right. like we said earlier, me, me and Garrett, we're, brothers. we're, we're high-level athletes. Yeah, we, we, we're, we've been... We might not look like it right now. Yeah, well, I got we, an injury and I, and can't, I just have my I ACL can't done. Anymore, <laughs> but, um, Let's get you back to training. There's I, ways to fix that. I, I would yeah. love to. No, yeah. I would love... It, it's... Yeah. it's been it's it, the past couple of years have been very rough because I couldn't train. I you know I've wrestled my entire life, then I became a professional fighter, and I got into a car accident, and someone rear-ended me, and that was all taken away from me. I'm going to see one of the top uh, interventional radiologists. He's on my team tomorrow in Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, and what we've been able to do in restoring people's brains because in an accident, if you get a little twisting of the upper spine, yep. Mm -hmm. You have a waste, you know, health is all about stoking the fire, your body, nutrients, yep. but then clearing out the waste. Okay. And so I've seen many dementia people. I work, I wrote a book uh, called The End of Alzheimer's. It's not, uh, Dale Bredesen's most famous for that, but I wrote a textbook, you know, a serious textbook on mm -hmm. Alzheimer's published by Academic Press. Wow. And uh, so I work with a lot of dementia people and I've been pretty good at, Slowing, stopping, and even reversing dementia. And I have real evidence-based, bona fide proof. I got to I gotta catch up with you that because my grandmother's she's yeah, going through no. that right now. But since I've met this interventional radiologist by the name of David Harshfield, he's shown me, I don't know if I have a sample with me, but mm -hmm. when you twist your upper, when you, when you have a concussion in the head, it can cause the C1 joint yep. to twist. Mm -hmm. And... These little gaps here is where the nerves, the vagus nerve goes through. Okay. Yep. You got and you. you hinge on that. And what he's able to show radiologically, which I could never have known to even look at before in some of my patients with an upright MRI or even a regular MRI, is you can literally see fluid Building. collecting in the brain. And you know what it is? If I could be, you know, a little, little terse. Yes, oh, it is the waste shit. Yeah. Collecting in the brain. Your brain will never heal if it's having that waste. If if you cannot take out the trash. Okay. That makes sense. It's that simple. So what I've learned over twenty year career working in brain is that if if I just work in one silo like healthcare that's always in silos, you're never gonna solve these problems because they're always multifactorial. So. Oh, the body's a fascinating thing, and, and I, I noticed that in healthcare, that doctors they don't communicate. Like through this whole entire process with my my neck injury, I had four herniated discs, C two, C three, C six, and C seven, and no one, none of the doctors communicated with each other. They were all telling me different things. I was like, well, why is well? Let me tell you. This guy tell, tell me you. This. Let me tell you a story behind that. Please do. It's a really interesting story because I'm writing this book now, surviving pandemics, and I'm hoping Peter McCullough will be a co-author and he he talks about the three pillars for COVID but I'm, I'm doing a more of a historical essay on health as part of this book so Johns Hopkins you know famous Johns Hopkins mm -hmm. University back in the early 1900s had established a protocol of grand rounds and grand rounds means you bring multiple disciplines to the patient 
for complex cases, and you can solve that. So bringing them all in the room at the same right. time, basically. So let me give you the ultimate example of how we have regressed. Ever heard of Steve Jobs? Yes. yes. So Walter Isaacson wrote his biography mm-hmm. on Steve Jobs, and I read that with great interest And uh, many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I can't remember now. But um, his wife, Colleen Powell, has a brilliant quote. She said, at Stanford Medical, everybody was scrambling to have Steve Jobs as a patient. And what she said is she had to fire them all and quarterback his health because they were completely disjointed in terms of creating a holistic plan and talking to each other. They were trying to jockey for position, basically, to, to, to be like, I'm the guy who saved Steve Jobs. But let's put it this way. If Steve Jobs can't get coordinated care in the healthcare <laughs> Who system, is? Yeah, very yeah. good point. Very Who's going to do that? It How just, do we expect it as an average person? It's non-existent. And now the primary care doctors are under such financial pressure and pressure to see so many patients that it's just a gerbil mill and, and a success is the script and out the door. Now I'm covered legally. Mm-hmm. So I have a diagnosis and a treatment legally covered. And then they'll make a re- referral, maybe, and then the referral is always surgery, pill, medical device. Well, that's that's the first thing that they shoved down my throat was was pills. I turned them all down. I was yep. like, I, I don't want these. I'll deal with the pain. Uh, and, and I'm so it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because this accident happened in 2017. Yeah, I'm still in pain today. I'd be probably still taking them to this day. And if I ever and got killing health- your kidneys, yeah. oh yeah, it's a deadly road symptoms. to go down. And too. If, if I ever got healthy. I'd never get off them. I'd be hooked. I'd be addicted. Right. It'd be, it'd be the worst thing Here, ever. Here's how it works. You go into the doctor's office and you have a little white coat syndrome. You know, a little fight or flight. Your blood pressure goes up a little bit. Yep. Yep. The doctor takes the blood pressure. Your blood pressure's a little up. Take this pill. Yep. They come just back. tried to do that you, to you me like back. a couple months ago. Yep. I literally yep. said that to them last night. Right. You come back a year later. They measure your blood pressure. It's normal. And they say, See, Oh, it worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked. Then you're on it for life. I, I, well, that's what I say. Blood pressure and cholesterol medication are the biggest racket. That a f- so cholesterol, has. I, I wrote a book called Quarterback Your Own Health in honor of Colleen Let Powell. me know about this because my triglycerides are through the roof and I'm trying to figure out how to fix yeah, them. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll honestly, like, it's just hereditary in my family. Everybody's not, not hereditary. Super it's not, not hereditary. Perfect. Help us See, out. What I, why, <laughs> I like to issue, even though Jeffrey Bland, the founder of functional medicine, is on this uh, genomics kick really there are very very few genetic disorders okay you you and me we're all james we're all 99.99 percent the same same. yeah okay and so yes mom's environment i I wrote a paper published in the journal of frontiers aging neurosciences with top two uh, neurological uh, journals and and the title of the book, the paper was Preventing Alzheimer's by Understanding and Reversing Causation from Pre-Birth Through Life. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what we showed is even type 1 diabetes is assumed to be absolutely genetic. No chance. Okay. It, it is really? viral, something of that nature. Okay. The average age of onset is 12 to 14 years old. I have someone who just turned type 1 diabetic, an athlete, at the age of 43. Yes. Does someone turn Down syndrome at 43? Ah, good point. 
<laughs> that's a very good point. I know. It, 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 that's a yeah because well that was even like uh, my grandparents were were both diabetic but they didn't turn diabetic till they were like 50, 60 in their later years. Yeah. So the reason why I completely eschew genomics, genetics, if if you either have it or you don't, but when you're told it's a it's a really easy cop out for someone. Oh, this is a genetic thing. And then you say, okay, well, it's just my fate. And they're saying that because they're ignorant, they don't really know how to look. The, you know, when I, I'll hold up this book. I didn't write this book, but it's sort of my Bible, Plague Time by, by Paul Ewald. Okay. 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 He wrote this in the year 2000, and he, he wrote many papers on this topic. And I'll just read it to you that you know, stealth infections cause, cause cancers, heart disease, and other deadly ailments. And it's really my Bible. But see... When we die, we will start decomposing from within. They're already yeah. there. So the, the concept of these infections is, is controversial because really, when we talk about health, when you don't take care of your health, the pathogens that are in you already, already there, can just start multiplying. And there can be some what are called exogenous or external exposures as you go through life, like Lyme disease is one of the more yeah. common ones. Yeah, that's very prevalent. But a, a, lot of them, a lot of them, like Epstein-Barr, mono, you know, herpes, herpes zoster, leads to shingles, chicken box. You know, a lot of these things we, we carry, and it's very naive. Okay, I'll give you an example. So shingles, herpes zoster can come back as shingles later in life. Mm -hmm. So it's gone dormant for 50 years. It's still sitting Do in we there. think that's the only organism out of the gazillion organisms that exist? That can go dormant and pop up. Absolutely not. Yeah, Have no. you ever heard that before? Where No, that what this concept. Yeah, though. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pleased I, to hear that. I've, I've yeah. actually had shingles because uh, yeah. when I was training for my first fight, I tried to cut 40 pounds and my body broke out in shingles. Yeah, I, you're you really, not. And then it happens to a couple fighters that I know that were in their 20s and yeah. they were young. I was in my 20s. Broke out yeah. shingles, I, was, I was like 20. Putting their body under that distress. My, my point is, for example, I had atrial fibrillation in my 40s, and I figured out from blood testing that it was Lyme disease. And um, so I treated myself aggressively for chronic Lyme for a long time, but that's how you have to do it. But I hadn't been bitten by a tick in um, 20 years. Well, because you were up in the north or northeast where we are too. My mom has very bad Lyme disease too, and yeah. she was on that. What is it? The doxycycline they give you yeah. usually, and she was on that forever. But it kills her stomach. It rips her apart. So like every couple months though, she gets like this, and so I'm hoping that. Um, that all your listeners are more anarch, more anarchist than traditional. I would say so. So, you know, um, <laughs> you go to secretmineral.com and okay. get, get educated on uh, chlorine dioxide. Okay. And I'm now a scientific advisor to that company because it has a long history of treating a whole host of, of syndromes tied to infections, starting with malaria. Really? Okay, so chlorine dioxide. So it's very similar to... So hydroxychloroquine? Um, uh, somewhat, but more like um, um, ozone therapy okay. or hyperbaric oxygen. It's a slightly different molecule, but at the end of the day, it's creating what are called reactive oxygen species. And you know, a lot of docs talk about, oh, you, you want to be antioxidant, but we're breathing 21% oxygen right now. We, there has to be a balance between oxidation and antioxidants. Mm -hmm. But see, your white blood cells, a particular type called neutrophils, produce reactive oxygen species. When they find a pathogen that they don't... Uh, That's not supposed to be there. Not in their repertoire, yeah. Uh, 
and they kill it. And even uh, at Scripps, one of the most famous uh, health institutes, the president wrote a paper in 2002 that says antibodies don't just grab on to the antigen, the attacking agent, but they grab onto it and they release reactive oxygen species to kill it as well. So reactive oxygen species like produced by chlorine dioxide is a very natural process of both innate and adaptive immunity. And so when you get sick, guess what? Your white blood cells go up. Mm -hmm. You know, you can measure that. Makes you know, sense, they yep. can go up from like, they should be around 4,400, they go up to 10,000. 15,000. Because they're receptive. sending out the troops to attack, right? Guess what? They're produce, you're producing more reactive oxygen species, more ozone. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. When, and when your antibodies go up, you're producing more oxidative species. Oxidation in balance is extraordinarily important to health. But going back to my, my point is that we talked about changing the narrative to health. Yes. Don't even talk about them. I know, but this is me. Yeah. I don't even talk about the vaccine. People ask me about it and I say, of course, I'm not going to take it. And then they say, why? Because, you know, that's why I'm, the book is going to be titled Surviving Pandemics. What's going to, what's, what's, what's the, the what's next the end one? Game? When it comes down the pike next, you're going to take another experimental drug that kills 15,000 people minimally. One, on, that's only 1% of the, on the, 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 yeah. the report. One of my colleagues, by the way, I go both sides, you know, the traditional medicine and, and uh, functional medicine. One of my colleagues, one of the most prestigious doctors in the country, was on the VAERS committee, committee to set it up. And, and, you know, they understand, they understand that it's, uh, it's onerous to report. And like, it, like we talked about earlier, you're in the gerbil mill seeing patients just five minutes cranking mm -hmm. out those patients. And yeah. you're going to all of a sudden spend a half hour? Yeah, creating this report? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, and they won't have time. They got to. They want to get it out. Well, and it's also looked down on by them for them reporting well, that stuff. Well, Dell Bigtree did an excellent interview with a nurse, or a nurse practitioner, in a small health center hospital. Took on the job of um, reporting the adverse events. She saw them, and she it, it uh, upset her, and uh, she started doing that. And then the head of the hospital said you will not do this for the other doctors anymore. She was actually doing it for the other doctors to help them out, because she was more of an admin position. And uh, she said, none of the other doctors are gonna fill them out. No. And she, the, the administrators, mucky mucks, it doesn't matter. She was in New York, by the way. Yeah, obviously. Of course. <laughs> of yeah. course. I, <laughs> you have doctors, like Dr. Stella Emanuel. I don't know if you've spoken with her. She's a, a wonderful woman. I haven't, I, I heard her name many times, but See, I'm this little nerd scientist. I just stay in my in stay my, in your lane. In my stay in my lane. That's okay. And help people. Yep. So, that's, that's so what we need. she she she's a phenomenal woman, and she's like doctors come to me to get prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin because they don't want to get chastised or yelled at for prescribing it for themselves. Yeah. She's like, they come to me. I'm like, that's crazy. Like now you're telling me that all these doctors are not prescribing their patients either, which they're taking it, so they know it works. Well, let me, let me tell you a little bit about my program. And this is the program we've been running for 20 years, but we've morphed it a little bit because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And so all, China. We, all we've done <laughs> is- uh, China. The, 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 the Wuhan, you know, and I love it, those early images of people just 
dropping dead on the street. Oh, yeah, remember the street. that? Yeah, never happened. Houses never happened. Of course not. Yeah. They don't bring it up ever again. Yeah, you know? but, you know, it's happening with athletes, and I've written an article on that. One just died this morning. Did yeah, you see that? Happening left and right, like 107 right. soccer players. So, like, famous like NFL player just died today. Front. But we're running this. We this. can get a closer view if you put it if in If you want to camera. put it in front of there. Right. In that camera. How do we do it? Like this here? Yep, there right we go. There. Perfect. There we go. So this is page one of a multi-page report that we generate. It's actually a 42-page report. And you can see at the very top, you see all these speedometers. Mm -hmm. That top speedometer is the flagship of what we do in our company. In the standard of care, you're either healthy or sick. And a lot of times when you're sick, they tell you it's all in your head, go home. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, what we measure is with extreme accuracy and precision where you lie on the health disease continuum. Somewhere on the globe is the healthiest person, and somewhere in this globe is someone so sick they're about to expire. And guess what? Every one of us is somewhere in between in absolutely, that. on that scale. So that's what we do. We present this scale, and we break down your health into six major categories. Immune health, infection plays a big role in your health. We measure a certain type of infectious species and the way we can tell from your blood cells if you have infection. Inflammation, things like C-reactive protein, wow. uric acid, um, fibrinogen, uh, tissue damage, creatine kinase, and what's interesting in athletes, um, people that have come to me that are extremely athletic, really on the extreme side. So mm -hmm. like I had this one guy, 35 years old, in Austin, Texas here, and uh, he, he had some heart issues, and he went to see his cardiologist, and they, they sloughed him off. But he had... Um, two markers, troponin T, which is a heart muscle damage marker, and creatine kinase, which is a general muscle deterioration marker, quite elevated. And this is why the athletes are dropping dead. Because, you know, ath athletics is an inflammatory process. Yes, it is. <laughs> and if you don't recover, then these markers that the spike accentuates are already preloaded and high, and that's why they're dying. Okay? And so my guidance for super athletes is if you've got to get the jab to travel or whatever you stop exercising for at least 14 days or preferably measure key markers like we're like we're measuring oh well yeah, I'm go. a little dyslexic here no, no, you're, I, I, you're talking to me you're as well care. I'll hold it up right so uh, the others are looking at metabolic health and inflammation and things yeah. of that nature so that's what we do, and then what, what we do is, as we spoke earlier, you know, about trying to keep costs down, functional medicine's too expensive for most people, oh, and, yeah. and you're being sucked dry by the standard system, so I think we have probably the, a very inexpensive program for the value we bring. So you run a 70 marker panel, we run a very extensive but digitized uh, health intake survey, just questionnaire. Uh -huh. So anybody all over the country can anyway, come see anybody you. all over the country. I'll and, see you on and Monday, we even sir. do <laughs> no, we even do globally because we've we've gotten good enough at, at creating the right questions that oftentimes I can predict the labs just with a questionnaire, but I can certainly help people get on their path. You know, like you, you told me, you know, diabetes in your family. Do I really need to do labs if I know someone's diabetic? Yeah. Do I really need to do labs having done it for 20 years if someone yep. has some dementia? Yep. But the labs help us set the mark where what you are on the health disease continuum and they can objectively see where they're going. And then what we do is a, a one hour consult where 
we've developed a quasi AI system, so we have a whole host of protocols that we've shown have worked under various circumstances. So when I see your portfolio of risks or your labs, then I can just slide in protocols to fix it. Just like with, yeah. Yeah. Just like with um, you know, the coronavirus. I mean, you want to take uh, the zinc, the quercetin, the vitamin D, the vitamin C, medicinal mushrooms, melatonin, berberine. I like uh, the medicinal mushrooms. I was going to say you caught yeah, his attention. Vit <laughs> vitamin A's. I, I, you know, uh, Justin wants me to, oh no, Justin's friend wants me to introduce him to my mushroom guy. I have, a, I have an internist that's a world expert on mushrooms. But Get out of here. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, food is food is fuel. Food yeah. is help. He's food a busy fixed. guy, but oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. But um, but see that's so. Then what we do is we're basically not just running your labs. We are giving you a plan forward to fix them. Actionable steps. That's and, what, well, that's what I will tell you. Yep. Most of it is fixing the mouth, fixing the gut. You know, get better nutrients. But when people have infectious things that I look for, sometimes we have to get aggressive too. You know, I would say, let's, let's pick a number. 99.5% of pharmaceuticals are harmful. All of them are harmful. Yeah, the dose that. makes the poison. But 0.5% are really important. And then we've seen in COVID, for example, if you're dying and your lungs are inflamed, cytokine, a wicked cytokine storm, then something like prednisone or a steroid will be life-saving yeah. mm -hmm. temporarily. But the, you know, the number of people that are on prednisone for inflammatory things long-term, that's absolutely ridiculous. No yeah, one's getting, I know a lot of people that no are. One's getting, no one's getting to the, the root cause of it. But like if someone has, I'll, I'll mention an organism and everybody can get all excited, chlamydia, and we yeah. think about the STD. Mm -hmm. But actually in, in, the, in the book Plague Time here, you can oh, want to hold it up for me? Yep, it's over um, on this camera right here. They can see okay. it on this camera. Oh, okay, got it. So Plague Time. Uh, Dr. Ewald talks about uh, the discovery of chlamydia pneumoniae, and this is something transmitted through the air, and every one of us here has it, mm -hmm. okay? But I test it to see whether it's becoming out of whack or not, and chlamydia pneumoniae will cause reactive arthritis, glaucoma, Alzheimer's, brain fog, cardiovascular diseases. So why would I bother checking for it? Because we're talking about, uh, um, and, and just chronic fatigue, we're talking about the most prevalent set of symptoms and conditions and, and, and disease states in America. Do yeah. people, and that's the other thing, do people sometimes not even know that they have chlamydia? Because, Absolutely not. Because... So let me give you, let me give you, uh, see, we look at white blood cell counts with a magnifying glass and almost everybody with chlamydia, matter of fact, I would say very close to 99% are normal in the standard of care. But under, under my tighter scrutiny, and I, my endpoint for determining whether a lab is normal or abnormal is if studies show that, that scale's a little bit different. Very different. It's okay. based on early mortality. Okay. Okay. But I also test for the organism because it's fairly ubiquitous. So it's like I'm not guessing. I see the organism. So now you but, know how to treat that as well, right? Because but you know what the, the one of the signs would be. The first thing is if you have bleeding gums, the vessels in your mouth are weakened and mm -hmm. they're being broken down by something. And since one red blood cell circulates through your heart every minute, if there's oral pathogens that are causing the bleeding gums, guess mm -hmm. what? They can be everywhere. They don't have to be yes, if you have a good immune system, mm -hmm. but they can be. Um, and then a, a, a clear sign that you have a systemic chronic low-grade thing is just slight night sweats. 
And a lot of people report that to me. It's just it's not menopause, perimenopausal. Yeah. But you know, when you're at nighttime, you repair. Okay. And if you have a little chronic infection, your body knows it. Because yeah. I see it in the labs. Your white blood cell counts are just slightly up. When you're okay. sleeping. Uh, the white blood cell are well, up all the time. Just in general all the time. But then, then at nighttime, so you are running a minute fever, just enough to trigger a little excess warmth that your partner may not be experiencing under yeah. the same conditions. Yep, Guess gotcha. what? You know, so it. night sweats were first appreciated, severe ones uh, with tuberculosis, you know, 100 mm. years ago, mm. 200 years ago. But, you know, Lyme disease, if you look at Lyme disease, chronic Lyme can create night sweats. Yep. But I, I would say that that's just, the, those are the, the most obvious things, elevated white blood cells, uh, bleeding gums, and night sweats. But, you know, when, when you've been to a doctor and they can't explain why you're you have chronic pain and you're only 45 years old or you have lack of energy. Um, these, are the, these are the kinds of things, um, irregular heartbeat, all, yep. all these kinds of things are warning signs. And once again, it's where you are on that continuum that I'm measuring. So what I try to tell people is please do not ignore and slough off of something. I, I hear, I ask, do you have X, Y, Z? And someone will say, ah. Well, What's then we, we got to talk because I, I have the worst night sweats. I, you know, I there's a, but my back leaves marks in the bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because oh, you're right. talking and like. I'm like, oh, that's me. Yep. If, I, if I can't convince you, who, like can I, I got who can I convince? Oh, shit. But <laughs> I, I'm going to, I want to have you hold this up again, okay? Yep, absolutely. And so. We got you uh, uh, There we go. We're, there we go. The whole, the whole concept is where you are on the continuum. And if symptoms emerge just periodically, does that mean you're way down here? No. You know, somewhere along this curve, symptoms emerge. And if they emerge once in a while only, you're just a little tick below where symptoms emerge. And symptoms don't emerge down at the good end. They're, they're emerging on the bad end. Yes. That's why Chairman CEO of Kaiser Permanente dies in his sleep suddenly, you know, with no, he's, he was obviously freaking way down the mm -hmm. speedometer, okay? Um, so I, I beg people to don't ignore. Well, it goes back to your other point about the cost of health care. I don't have health insurance. Right. So you I, avoid, I, I, you avoid I, I, those I things sometimes. I, I, and not only that, I don't trust a regular doctor. I don't have health insurance either, and it's more of a principle for me. I, I, won't, I will never be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. I will not go to the hospital even if I think it'll save my life, I'm just not going to do it. If I can't fix it naturally, it's just my time. So, okay. so I, I, and I love that, and I'd much rather go that route as well because I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think cholesterol medicine, blood pressure medicine, a lot of it's a racket. It's just to have a never-ending customer. They just want to heal the, the, the. They don't want to heal the root cause. They just want to cover the problem. Right. Just so I think you're, that's a lot with modern medicine. Let me segue. Let me segue back to the cholesterol and the fact that we talked about the grand rounds and having yeah. multiple. So. American College of Cardiology wants your LDL to be less than 70, and they're even happier if it's less than 50. Okay. Neurology published a paper about four years ago that said, when you bring your LDL below 70, where the American College of Cardiology is ecstatic, and they're the That's only ones really regulating it for you, that your risk of a hemorrhagic you know, 
spurting blood stroke increases by 60%. Wow. And then if you go to 50 or below with LDL, which your, your cardiologist would be patting you in the back and saying, kudos, you're amazing, hemorrhagic stroke risk goes up by 300%, 300%. Wow. It's crazy how and they contradict want, themselves If you so want, um, the, the, the Korean study of 12.8 million Koreans showed very clearly you want your total cholesterol to be between 200 and 280. Okay, 200 and 280. Mine, last time I checked, was 222. I was ecstatic. But I want to give you guys a, a, a little power. I want to empower your listeners because please, please every do. one of them, at some time in their life, is going to be pressured the following way. Oh, you don't want to take your statin drug? You don't want to protect your heart? That's what they're doing with me right now. Right. You don't want to protect your heart? First of all, the data is completely contrary to what they're saying. You want, if you want to live a long, healthy life, you want to be between 200 and 280. Okay. So I'm going to explain to you, and I think I'll, I'll be braggadocious for a second. I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chemist. Yeah, I think I'm the only one in the world, because I did a Google search that figured this out. Okay, and it's very simple. I like to keep things very simple. Simple works. So keep it simple, stupid. Yep. So the treatment, the treatment of cholesterol has nothing to do with cholesterol. It's treating LDL. It's the drug tells the liver to reduce or slow the production of LDL. LDL is low-density lipoprotein. Okay. And HDL is high-density lipoprotein. Now let's try to understand what these lipoproteins are. Where they come from, how they work, chemically. what they do. Okay. So let me just give you a little story. Let's say we, um, we cooked last night and we have some uh, greasy dishes in the sink. Let's wash them with water. What will happen? It will beat off. Yeah. The grease will, grease will stay. Yeah. It will beat it's off. still greasy. Yep. Yeah. Now we wash the dish with soap. What happens? It's clean. Breaks it's clean. Grease. So magically, the soap molecule has grabbed the grease and transported and it through it. the water. That's okay. important. It, it didn't just like slide off. It transported it through the water. What are your blood vessels carrying? Oxygen. Uh, that's, that's a good answer. But what's, what's the fluid in the, in the blood vessel? Cholesterol. No, blood. Water. 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 Your blood, your blood, your plasma is is mostly water. So how do we carry fats? 30 of diet's fat. Yep. How do we carry fats through your water-based bloodstream? It's hard because don't they repel? They kind of fight off of each other. So God created a molecule called low-density lipo-freaking-protein to grab the fats and carry it through so your body. So wild that you say that. Uh, I read uh, a book by Aubrey Marcus. He's the CEO of Onnit. And he described it as uh, the LDLs as little ships that carried the fats okay. through. So I'm going to make it I'm going to make it even more simplified than that. I call them taxi cabs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But the real physical world term for LDL one half of a trillion dollars demonizing this molecule, LDL is chemically identical to soap. What? What? Yes. Really? Didn't I just explain it? You did, you did, yeah. Yeah. So we gotta (laughs) eat soap? The molecule (laughs) LDL and the soap molecule that sucks up grease on your dish it's doing the same thing are exactly the same i mean they might be a little bit different in chain length yeah. yeah but at the end they have a polar outside and a non-polar inside so they can suck the grease or fat on the inside and then they have a polar water soluble outside so they can flow through the water so what i'm telling you 
the summary of that whole five minutes is that LDLs the good for half you. a trillion dollar industry to lower LDL has demonized soap because LDL is nothing more than soap. soap. Uh, so I'm not saying eat soap. I'm saying is your body <laughs> naturally soap produces <laughs> soap to carry fats through a water-based system, and that soap happens to be called low-density lipoprotein. That's and, crazy, and that's that's important. You need something that's going to transport. Right. Well, let me tell you what. Uh, let me tell you what LDL transports through your body and in the COVID environment, and that's why statin drugs, even if they try to sell them as helping, will not help. Vitamin D, mm-hmm. fat soluble. EPA and DHA from fish oils for your brain. Okay, that's why there's more dementias with um, people on statin drugs. Um, vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin K2, saturated fats, anything that's fat. When you eat a food that's 30% fat, like I just had smoked salmon for breakfast, yep. like 50% fat, how do those fat soluble nutrients get to my brain? LDLs, little okay. boats. Or, or I want you to use my four letter word soap. So baby, the soap, the yes. soap brings it. Yes. <laughs> you now know more than 90, unfortunately, 99% of the functional doctors and a, a complete 100%, 100% of the traditional doctors. Nobody even knows what they're freaking treating. Well, they don't even know what they're treating. I, I, it's 100% believable because look at every single household. Everybody's so worried about their cholesterol level and their blood pressure, and that's all they talk about because that's what their doctor's telling them. And they have this false ideology that you know the doctor has their best interest in hand, and they're not just trying to get you out of their office and cover their own ass most of the time. Well, you know, the, the thing is, though, it's backfiring now because since 1980, when drug companies have been allowed by the FDA to participate in medical school education that now they've become so corrupt you know you are what you repeatedly do that they don't even they don't even know what's they don't even know they're doing wrong they don't even sometimes. know what's wrong no yeah let's take, let's take a guy like paul allen founder of microsoft they couldn't save him mm-hmm. the head of kaiser permanente couldn't save him want a good one this, this, is a, a, this is a texas doctor i'm right here in dallas dude come and see me i think he lives in dallas john warner president of the american heart association Four years ago, at the age of 57, 58, he was at an American Heart Association convention. With all cardiologists. <laughs> and had a massive heart attack and almost died. And in they, the convention. In the convention. Look it up. John Warner. That's, that's God works in wild yeah. ways. So, if yeah. you want, so they can't save themselves anymore. I'm sure he was on a statin drug and blood pressure medication. So let me explain the headlines. John Warner resting comfortably after a mild heart, heart attack at the convention. Then they interviewed the EMT who said, freaking mild. I guess it's a new definition. (laughs) Took me eight minutes to revive his heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's not not mild. This is what we're dealing with. This is John Warner. So what I'm saying is they're so corrupt, you could give a cardiologist a million dollars to solve your heart disease, and they couldn't. And they still couldn't save you. They couldn't save you because they're... They're eighty. They're they're two generations uh, away from where people actually understood health a little bit. So, do you think that the root cause is big pharma and, and how they use it? They teach it in school and, and things like that because that's kind of what I'm seeing. In my opinion, is they they don't know. Like I ask doctors, what our largest system in our body is, and none of them know. They all they no one knows. They don't know what's the skin. Well, that's an organ. Oh, yeah. system. The, system. 
like right. immune system, nervous system, so your endocannabinoid system right. is, your, endocannabinoid lar system, is your largest yeah. system. And regular doctors don't know this. Yeah. And I, I asked them, I'm like, well, how do you not know this? They're like, well, we're not taught this. I'm like, you look it up. Well, it's right the there. Gu the gut's the most important thing in the microbiome, and that's what I do every day. I, I simulate a fecal transplant. Everybody should have at least a thousand organisms in their gut. Gut health, yep. And, and think about it. Um, my, my analogy I use every day when I work with people is, if you make beer and wine at home, you get a little starter kit with organisms to start the fermentation. And if you switch them, you won't make beer or wine. So that just shows you that there's sort of a, a set of organisms. There's a balance to it. Effective at, at digesting certain things. So you eat a, a complex variety of food, you need a thousand organisms. Mm -hmm. And I see people that are anemic and they're put on iron. No, they just have, they're just missing some organisms in their gut that help facilitate the digestion of iron. Well, I've heard gut, your gut is your second brain. Like gut yeah. health it's like is, 80 is, of is your like immune system, the right? most important thing when it comes to health is, well, is well, you, gut Well, you produce all your happy hormones and neurotransmitters in your gut. So if, you, if your gut's not efficient, you know, we have Doc, so many people. We, we need to talk because yeah, I have the worst IBS ever. And dude, <laughs> the dude, worst. Man. He's hitting on like half the stuff that we. Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like I'm like, I'm like, dude, did you so just walk I, into my life? Like, wait a minute. So I want to tell you guys the secret, okay? And and don't let your audience hear this. I'm just kidding. So I told you about my AI to have this whole suite of protocols to pull in. Yes. And ninety percent of the people I work with get the exact same set of protocols. I believe it. I see the I think same it's environmental thing. a lot of stuff too, right? There's there's some environmental, so, but it really is. So if you look at um, if I have on I have a we do a series of webinars, uh, two webinars a week, live okay. to, live topics with great great guests. So next week is going to be a gentleman who um, this guy Robert from Atlanta who's carrying on the work of Maynard Murray who in the 40s and 50s showed that our our um, soils were significantly depleted. Mm -hmm. And so even when you're eating well from the standard... You're not getting the same amount of nutrients and everything minerals. that your grandparents and then, used to get, And then to the get, other right? thing is, why do you suppose sour gum, soybeans, corn, um, why do you believe, why do you, you know, presume those are so prolific in fields, not squash and kale and all these other things? Because the feds subsidize this. And this is not me. The New York, I follow the New York Times well blog. Someone sends me them. And they actually write pretty good articles, even though we have our own opinion about yeah, the New York yeah. Times here. But some of the reporting on that. And so they wrote an article about five years ago how the feds are subsidizing junk food. So if you go to a gas station and you go to get um, a kind bar, which, you know, has some nuts in it. Yep. Okay. Not the still a processed bar. Yeah. Or a Snickers bar. Yeah. And the Snickers bar is way worse. One cost double the other. It's cheaper to eat the shit Because food. the crap you have paid, we have all paid through subsidies for to put more sugar mm -hmm. in our population well, to that, make them sicker. That, I think that's the biggest cause of a lot of disease is sugar. They demonized fat and instead yeah. of demonizing sugar. And I think it was sugar, all paid to play for Robert, all that stuff. Robert Lustig out of, is a... Uh, um, pediatric endocrinologist, so metabolic doctor at UC San Francisco. He's lectured. He's world famous. You want to get him on your show? I'd love to have uh, him. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but, wow. he, uh, you know, I try to reach out to some of these guys. But he's he's like high-level world tour, but he wrote the, the, the book, I think, The Bitter Truth, and he has a number of different lectures. The problem with fructose, it goes right to the right to the liver. Oh, yeah. And, it's yeah. Not, and the sugar that we're getting isn't even real sugar. It's all no. it's all fake it's processing. All fake. It's soy all fake. and seed oils. It's sad. And, 
you know, all, all I take, you know, I'll, I'll spend like 30 seconds on diet. You know, this paleo, our friend over here, Justin, carnivore diet. Yeah, that's the one I'm doing. You know, in, in my opinion, anything that has the word diet after it infers some level of deficiency. Okay. So I keep it real simple. I just, I have a 38 minute video that I give to people in my program, which extends my consult, and I just watch this. And it's, it's simple. It's just food's highest in nutrient density. I am completely agnostic to, obviously I want a clean source the best we can. Of course. But I'm agnostic to the food type. We have bounty. It's all there for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I want you to have high nutrient density. So I'm gonna give you the, the, the truth of nutrient density. Oils like fish oil, cod liver oil, which is my favorite supplement, and livers are highest yes. in nutrient organ density. Meat. Yeah, okay. organ yep. meat. Yep. Next down from That's that, I like and I eat a lot of them. I take cod liver oil every day, and I make pate. I'm not a big liver fan, but you know what? I want a supplement. Fan, dude. Dr. Dr. Paul Salandino has heart and soil supplements, and it's all beef liver uh, yep. supplements. That so I because I can't do liver either, yeah, but I, I want a supplement because yep. the, the well, you know, you might value. try you might try a different type of liver. So like, I love duck. It's the fattiest of all the mm-hmm. fowl, and it's delicious. And their organs are extremely mild. So I'll cook up the heart and the really? liver. Yeah, yeah. They're very mild. I can I can't eat beef liver unless I make pate, but I can eat, yeah, the, I can't do eat it. the duck. But then next on the list will be herbs and spices. Mm-hmm. And everybody talks about curcumin. This is a one-off. No. Spice your food. Whenever I travel, I try to go to an Indian restaurant because those guys know how to. Yes. So maybe I get some junky oils, but I'm getting. So all I'm trying to do is wherever I can, up my nutrients, even in the face of foods mm-hmm. that may not be perfect. Up your nutrients, herbs and spices. Nuts and seeds, you, you grow life from a nut and seed. So it has to have all the constituents. So for example, the egg yolk, which has been demonized. Uh, a lot that, of eggs. Is, that is the seed of the animal, mm-hmm. okay? That's where all the nutrients are gonna be packed in. I eat a lot of eggs. And again, they demonize them with cholesterol and, and, and all this stuff that Ooh. we were talking about earlier. They demonized it with what? Cholesterol. Oh, just funny. With what? Oh, with soap. With soap. <laughs> soap, I, I baby. All right. soap. My God. That's soap. called we soap. Catch See, up. No, we got soap. Wait, <laughs> See, I have to create a whole new... You've been indoctrinated so damn long. You're changing the paradigm. I yep. love it. You're changing the paradigm. You know, so, so let me tell you about cholesterol. Your total cholesterol, if you're, your total cholesterol, I don't care what it is, that number is the LDL soap plus the HDL, which is also a soap. LDL is the soap that carries fat to tissue. HDL is the soap that carries it back for reprocessing, recycling, or disposal. So your total cholesterol is LDL, a soap, plus HDL, plus 20% of your triglycerides. That's what my so problem is. So let me ask is, a question, triglycerides guys. Triglycerides are through the roof. I just, gave you the, I just gave you the formula. So tell me how much cholesterol is in that. Uh, a third? All. Dude, there's all, no cholesterol. Oh, no, it's all it's soap. All soap. <laughs> there, there may be, there may be some cholesterol in the LDL or HDL. Oh, but no. Yeah. What my point is, cholesterol is the most notorious demonized molecule in the world. You know, one, two with insulin. But it's also you need it too. But what I'm saying is, nobody on this planet, not one person, 
knows how much cholesterol they have in their body. Zero. Because in LD, oh, the LDL they're measuring. Not, yeah, they're not really. They're measuring. Really we don't know how much cholesterol is in it. it. There's vitamin A, there's vitamin D, there's saturated mm, fats. And HDL, same thing. And then triglycerides are just, you know, fat molecules collected together. So total cholesterol is a complete mis misnomer. Okay. Yeah, there may be some cholesterol in there. But we, can't, we don't so know how to test for it. It is like saying, you know, uh, pink is green. Yes. It is, you know, there's no a, way to know how much cholesterol is in your body, yet everybody talks cholesterol. That's all everybody, especially as you get old, like all my... Uh, that's all they talk about. I have four videos <laughs> on, because four hours worth of content on um, cholesterol and statins. And the reason why I created so much and I give it to all my participants who mentions cholesterol is because that's how much I have to give to start turning the tide. tide yeah. In, yeah. in 2007, Harvard University published a paper, a, a report in their uh, own um, internal publication on the value of cholesterol. And what they say is cholesterol is one of the most important molecules in your body when you can actually measure it because it's foundational to the production of cortisol, your your mm -hmm. wakey, wakey and sleepy hormone, mm -hmm. testosterone, mm -hmm. estrogen, um, vitamin D. And they say further that not only is cholesterol, it's, it's involved in construction of the membrane of every human cell. And they say not only is it there just for form, but it's also there for function. So I got many people off of statin drugs by having them read this. I would just say Google cholesterol in the brain, okay? Mm -hmm. And then two years ago, I had someone Google it, and it was gone. Of course. But so I was- where can you find it now? Dude, so <laughs> what happened is, like I had this premonition like six months before, and I said, this is too good to be true, that this Harvard document is helping me get people off cholesterol it's it too when, easy. Br when Brigham and Women is on the cr on the uh, Crustor stat uh, patent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I downloaded it and it's now on my webpage so I can I, I still give it to everybody. So where's that where's that webpage? Where can our well, it's, find it's it? healthrevivalpartners.com. Okay. My I'll website. Look that below. And then to find that you have to go forward slash books and I have a bunch of content. But so so I wanted to find out who the bastard was that took it down. And uh, so I went into the Harvard directory and found the head chief of, of, of public-facing education. And I wrote on Medium a scathing note and asked everybody to write to him and just tell him what they thought of him because yeah. it's totally corrupt. I, the name of my blog on that one was called Mammon versus Humanity. You it, know, but but it's an issue though because again, you're, well, you're now making customers itself. for life. Like people are buying this medication, whether they have insurance or not, for the rest of their life. Like yep. from the time they're mid thirties till they die. So let me tell you another story. You, you got you got time for one oh, more story. I, well, I, you you can sit here as long as you want, man. I'm loving this. You're yes. you're a wealth of knowledge. I love it. So, everything we're, we're, yeah. we're, so we're firing on. <laughs> so when you look at the motivation, it's always money, right? Yep. Yes. So in. Um, in 2011, Harvard's, so the one I was just talking about is Harvard's the public-facing publication. And it says Harvard uh, University, something like uh, trusted health advice, okay? And that was a good piece of advice. Of course, they took the one piece of trusted advice down. But Harvard also has an internal publication for all their medical people. And it's called Proto, Proto Magazine. And in 2011, Harvard wrote a uh, major article in their internally uh, distributed magazine, Proto Magazine, called Questioning Statins. 
And the, which I wrote, I, I included that in one of my books. Uh, I wrote Quarterback Your Own Health. And um, that's on Amazon, Quarterback Your Own Quarterback Health. Quarterback Your Own Health. Quarterback your own health, how to take and lower your chronic disease temperature. So it's sort of this whole... Can they con- get it on your website as well? Um, I think so. Yeah, I probably... Uh, I'd I rather send them to your website than those, to, link to my book. Bastards yeah. at Amazon. So, so let me... Uh, exactly. So let me, let me tell the story here is that... So 2011, and the punchline was doctors are now questioning the value of prescribing statins because it does not improve the most important outcome, longer life. Longer life. So in the small percentage of people who have less cardiovascular mortality is offset by more cancer, infectious disease, and things like that. So the net for, the net for statin drugs is zero. So, but today, here we are, um, 10 years later, still prescribing statin drugs at the wazoo. So here's what happened. The reason why they, were, they made that statement to their internal staff in 2011 is all the statin drugs were coming off patent within a year of that time. Because they all came, they all, statins were first introduced in 1987. So the patents were a little bit before that. They were all coming off patent. And they had the new biologics, Repatha, that were going to take over the world in statins. You come into the office, it's expensive, you have to get the injection, whatever. And this was going to be statin drug 2.0. But what happened is, the reason why statins have any benefit whatsoever, it's not from lowering soap. LDL. It's not from lowering soap. It has pleiotropic, which means multiple modes of action. So it lowers LDL production. It lowers CoQ10 production. That's why a lot of people have uh, pain and other issues. Part of CoQ10. Mm-hmm. But it also, statins have some mild antibiotic attributes. And that's the real reason why statins provide any benefit. But all the side effects aren't worth it. No. So now, and the researchers know this, but somehow... Because we have this mantra and religion of lowering cholesterol, which we're really lowering LDL, which we're really lowering soap, that they came up with this biologic that is extraordinarily, extraordinarily efficient at lowering LDL production. The only problem is it lowers it like five to ten times more efficiently than a statin drug. The only problem is it doesn't have the antibiotic activity. So they've introduced this drug, and if you read the literature, they say, oh, it just hasn't been used a lot because of the cost and all that. But the real thing is, when the only thing you do is lower LDL, all kinds of bad shit happens in your body. So these drugs are, the doctors know, and they won't prescribe them because they're really harming people. So they had a oh they have a conscience on this one right so they oh, had wow. a, they oh, had wow. a default they had a default back to the statins because the only thing they know is lowering LDL and all they said is oh maybe with this one we're lowering it too low but the other one we're lowering it just right nope pleiotropic so if you look up statin drugs and antibiotic or antimicrobial effect you'll find tons of papers on that okay and that's why they provide minor minor benefit in some in rare some, in some yeah, cases for, so, some and super only, specific cases and, and it's usually um, 40 to 50 year old men roughly who already have severe heart disease and, but they're already their LDL is already lowered so the statin is providing some antibiotic activity that's really the only thing it's doing and the bottom line it comes down to money as well yeah it yeah. comes down to money it's all yeah I mean the, they, they were getting they were, they were gearing the world up Harvard is the leader yes they were gearing the world up to start prescribing these biologics that lower LDL and start 
reducing the statins, but then it totally backfired on them because those drugs were killing. I, I had a it's person too much. I, you know, this is N of one. It's not a great study, but I had this guy who's uh, hired me, and he's mapped out his labs and his spreadsheet going back 30 years. Wow. And so when he came to me, his white blood cell counts are like, like he's been on chemotherapy. They're in the tank, in the tank. And he's a really healthy guy from Arizona, retired, you know, yeah. trying to live the good life. And so I'm looking at the chart, and in 2017, his white blood cells were normal. Then all of a sudden, they started they plummeting. Mm-hmm. And in 2017, as far as he's concerned, it's all documented in a spreadsheet. The only thing he did was added the biologic that lowers the LDL. And he's been on that and is freaking killing his innate immune system, killing it. So now I'm now gonna work with him for a year or so to try to build that back up. Wow, and what steps would you take to, to go uh, back to white count? I'll make you very happy. Medicinal mushrooms. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plays a big role. I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you what medicinal mushrooms do because there are so many different components in them, and it's never just one. It's going to be the constellation. of everything. But right? what I do is, you know, um, fix the gut, obviously, make sure there aren't thing, other things drag, you know, challenging his white blood yeah. cells. But uh, high-dose vitamin A and cod liver oil, medicinal mushrooms, think, things like so that. So how do you feel about microdosing medicinal mushrooms? Well, so the, some of the medicinal mushrooms we're using maybe not are, have, have the effects of the mushrooms. Not psychedelic <laughs> as well, but you know, I would but, say so. Like what, like reishi and lion's mane? Yeah, those um, kinds of cordyceps things. Yep, and the yep, whole host yep. of things oh, like yeah. that. Well, so where I get my magic mushrooms and my or my mushroom microdoses, that's what they put in with the, the right. psilocybin mushrooms. But you know, there's a um, so I, I'm I'm this fancy intellectual. I went to MIT, you know, top science and engineering school in the world. Look at the big brain on Brad. And uh, <laughs> and then I went to the Harvard School of Public Health, uh-huh. you know. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna teach your listeners everything I learned at the Harvard School of Public Health when I took um, uh, the subject toxicology. So so you can be you can be smart as they say in Boston. Yeah, smart, well. smart, really wicked fucking smart in the garage. You can be wicked, you can be wicked, wicked smart. smart. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, I think I think um, all education, including mine at MIT and Harvard, is you know, if you don't have if you don't put it to experience, it's useless. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, toxicology is very simple. The dose makes the poison, and the dose makes the cure. So you know it, everything. There's always some level of dose that's not harmful okay. for anything. Now, the most harmful thing in the world is measured by what's called LD50. They test it in rats, and the dose which caused 50% of the rats to die is called the LD50. It turns out that um, um, botulism toxin, Botox, is the most toxic substance ever me- measured. Really? Botox. And everybody's hammering everybody, it in their foreheads hammering and everything it. So, yeah, That's just a case in point where the dose makes the poison, okay? okay. Yeah. Aflatoxin, you know, we, you know, hair buke at MIT studied that. But, you know, selenium, I, when I was first studying chemistry and cobalt, I thought, whoa, this cobalt shit, that's real bad. Yeah. But, you know, cobalt is what make, makes B12 work. Ah, you need you need cobalt. You need a certain little bit about you need it amount. to make you know, it. That's so why the there are trace is, minerals. Yep. You know, and that's why they tell you not to take too much zinc. The dose makes the poison. Wow. Too little zinc. Most things are a U curve. If you have too little of it, it's not simple thing to think yeah. of is sugar. Yeah. If your sugars are too low, it's bad for you. If your sugars are too high, it's bad for you. If your blood pressure is too low, it's bad for you. If your blood pressure is too high, it's bad for you. If your soap is too low, 
It's bad, bad for you. you. Yeah, too and much salt. Maybe if it's too high, a little bit bad, but the, the the range is way the hell out there. But that's just a general thing. So you guys now know everything you need to know about toxicology. That well, I need to get your number before you leave so I can uh, get on get on board because I've been trying to figure some of that stuff out for probably so, over a year and a half. So, uh, like I said, my, my so our sponsor Cush uh, Creams. They're a great paint paint cream, but she also has this company called Twenty Two Too Many, and she works with veterans with severe PTSD and mushrooms. And, yeah, and reishi and lion's mane and cordyceps. She always mixes that with the psilocybin mushrooms, and then she has all different strains of mushrooms. Like she's like it's it's crazy. There's another mushroom. I have two. I've just remembered. I have two mushroom gurus. One's in uh, Carlsbad, California. So you just write to me, and I'll put you in touch with these oh, that'd guys. Oh, be amazing. But, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so many medicinals pull. My, my mentor at Harvard is an opth- ophthalmologist, and it may say, you may say, oh, an eye doctor, but he used the eye to measure whole body health, because you can see vessels. I, I've heard of you, you something like that. You can see nervous tissue, okay? Yep. And one day I had this Chinese gentleman that I brought in to meet him. He, he was at Harvard, and um, Dr. Trump overheard the conversation about um, Chinese Chinese herbs, and Dr. Trump pulled us into his office, and he had two very thick, leather-bound volumes on Chinese herbs and medicinals. And he said, "I need to know about these things because there are some powerful pharmacological agents." I say it all the time about about Eastern medicine too. They've been doing something right for thousands of years, and there's a lot of thing to the roots and the health and everything. Plus, you see Chinese people; they're 150 and smoke four packs a day, and they're still going. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, and so I, I don't want to go down the the mushroom uh, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm just not that skilled that on, on it. it. But, yeah. but what I what I look upon them is it's another important nutrient, and I have I have uh, a whole bunch of mushrooms just from the grocery store yeah, with yeah. me, and yeah. I snack on them. Yeah. Because they are nutrient rich. They have vitamin D. They have nutrient. You know, people eat the same damn vegetables all the time. The same three vegetables all the yeah. time. It's variety. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, do you think if there was no American Medical Association, the Rockefellers didn't take over our medicine and buy off all the, the colleges, and we took all of the uh, more natural, holistic medicines that have been around for thousands of years and put all the time and effort that we spent studying on this petroleum-based medicine into these medicines that have been around for thousands of years, do you think... Our, ph- our pharmaceutical industry would be in a much better place? Or do you, you think you'd you know, be a combination I, I, of both? I actually think that if we scuttled every medication except for some things that save lives zero to six, like antibiotics and things like yeah, that, yeah. and focused on health, we would be an amazingly healthy country. And that's what I'm trying to change the narrative to. I mean, like I said, some pharmaceuticals have definite value, mm-hmm. but most of them... There's a, there's a statistic called quality, quality adjusted life years. And that's, the, that's how you determine whether a drug is really any good or not. And not a lot of, the, the US, uh, the FDA doesn't use that. No. Uh, quality adjusted life year. But well, Sweden recently did a quality analysis on statins and said they don't meet it. I'm, oh, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So have you seen uh, the new show on Hulu called Dope Sick by any chance? 
I don't watch. I, don't, I watch nothing. I don't blame you. I don't yeah. watch anything. But if you don't. guys have something of interest, I'm always looking to. So rather than show, try to find my way, this show something. is is fascinating to me, and I can't believe it's on TV. Like I can't believe they're allowing the public to see I behind the curtains. Yeah. So it's with Michael Keaton and Rosario Dawson, and it's all about how Purdue Pharma got their FDA approval for OxyContin in '96, yeah. and how literally they told Oxy, they told the FDA, they said, oh. It's a non-addictive opioid because we put this special time-release capsule on it. Mm -hmm. The FDA just took their word on it. They mm -hmm. didn't even test it or study it. They gave them this one time, this first time ever FDA approval for this non-addictive opioid, which doesn't exist. And then the guy who gave that approval then left the FDA, went and worked at Purdue Pharma, and then they I've, I've seen that. I've read that whole story. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, but they, they documented it in, a, in like a docu, it's like a series of Michael Keaton and Rosario Dawson, yep. and they show you how. Purdue Pharma paid for the, the, the signs in your office, the, the, smiley, the smiley face sign. Oh, I feel how this they, bad. Yeah, how they paid for all the pain assessment just so they could pump more Oxycontin. Well, that's, and that, then they, they, it, it correlates with what's going on right now with the, with the jab because early on, like 20 years, 30 years now, we know how bad Oxycontin was and how addictive it is. Right. But at the time, they were, the sales reps were literally telling the doctors it's not addictive. Right. And very quickly, they were seeing how addictive it really was. So how Big Pharma explained this, yeah. they said, Purdue Pharma is like, oh, people are experiencing breakthrough, breakthrough pain. pain. Breakthrough pain. Something no one's ever heard of. So what are we going to do to solve the breakthrough More. pain? More dose. We're going to double like doses. So cases. that's when they came out the 160 milligram yeah. pill. It's the same thing they're doing with the jab. Oh, no, no one's ever had breakthrough cases before but this jab oh there's breakthrough yeah. breakthrough cases and, and you know people are addicted to uh, addictive things like that because they're of pain you know and and pain is a uh, pain is uh, you want to hear a different concept pain Please. is an energy crisis it's an energy crisis in the tissue where the tissue is really like just just dying yeah just going necrotic a friend of mine my my cycling buddy uh, I need, to, I need to ride my bike with a doctor because I tend to go way up in the mountains and fall off my bike. So it's good <laughs> I go with a doctor. Really? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I go up. The, I'm on a gravel bike. I rode 20 miles this morning on my road. But, nice. but anyway, you. Um, you know, so, um, but, you know, I had a major crash a month ago, okay? 30 mile an hour corner on a gravel bike and my doctor friends with me. And I lay prostrate because I just want to make sure I didn't cramp. Yeah. And we're 16 miles into a 60 mile gravel ride. And I get up and I get on my bike and we, we keep going. My helmet's a mess and all that stuff. But, you know, he called me later and he says, you sure you're not in any pain? And I said, no, if I was, I don't give a damn. Yeah. And he said, no, I can give you some uh, oxy or whatever he called it. And it's like, yeah. dude, yeah, nah. don't, are you guys still doing that yeah, nah. shit? <laughs> but let me, let me just tell you that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And this is a good example. But then they were able to focus us just there. You know, the FDA, when they go to approve a drug does not require the drug company that did the studies to provide every study. Of course not. They allow them on every freaking drug you have to cherry pick the data. Yep. So Vioxx, <laughs> about 20 years ago, killed 60,000 people. That's what we know, 60,000 people. But it went through five years of clinical trials. Yep. And then they presented the data to the FDA. The FDA what might approved. have they left out? Oh, that people were dying every single drug. It's probably the same reason they don't want to release the data about the jabs until 2017. You, know, you know, the New York Times, again, I'm not trying to promote the New York Times, but they, the, the article didn't quite hit the mark, but the, the article was titled something like how some of the old drugs are just as good as the new drugs. And what they really meant to say is most of the old drugs 
are better than the new drugs. Yeah, if it ain't and broke, the new don't drugs are there it. because they're on patent, they're profitable. Yep. But if I'm going to take a drug, I'm going to take a drug that's been used for, for a long time. 50 years, 60 well, years. And that's so wild that they, they demonize drugs like ivermectin and HGQ that have been around forever. And, and the only reason they're doing it because there's no patent. It costs pennies to make and, yeah, and put the, out there. The story on ivermectin is Merck gives it away to save the lives of third world children who are who are, on, are so frail and fragile. They yeah. look like the Biafrans that we used to see yeah. or the Holocaust victims. And they're about to freaking die of parasitic infection from malnutrition or dehydration. And guess what happens? It saves their lives. They, oh. how, how more vulnerable can you be? You know, but well, then now they they're making a new, a new one fit. so they, yeah. can, they can charge out, out the aspirin. Now they have they the figured pill. it out. Yeah. 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 Well, I've taken the horse version, I have a cow version. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I mean, you know, vets are some of the best doctors in our country. I say it all the time. Like, there's ketamine yeah. for a reason. <laughs> and it, they give it to humans. Like, everybody yeah. was going crazy. Like, oh, they're taking horse stuff. Well, you take ketamine if you're in a lot of pain. They'll hit you with it on the truck. Yeah. You know? Even dogs. Like, when you go to dogs, they're like, oh, break some of your Advil. They can take your Advil. You know, or you can take the towel and yeah. all. So you we, know, for the we dogs. need to be careful that they don't take it off the shelves and whatnot. But, you know, I, I, anybody who comes to me, I help them get ivermectin. Even if I have to give them several of my overseas uh, sources, mm -hmm. you know, that's getting kind of locked down. But you know what? They'll figure out better ways to package it so it doesn't look what? like freaking pills coming in. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's listening, go to Dr. Stella Emanuel. It's drstellamd.com, and she works with doctors in all 50 states, and she'll get you a, a, an appointment that, that day. And yeah, to get ivermectin. Yeah, yeah, to get ivermectin. And what I, what I do is I, I give you a no, no fuss, no muss ordered overseas and just mm -hmm. but it won't come tomorrow yeah so do, you, do you feel that like uh, I know when you did the interview with her do you feel like that's a good preventative like she was taking an HCQ yeah. like once she, a week she takes it as all, a preventative measure yeah. like so almost the, like the a thing supplement. is there's a latency to symptoms okay so and then the dose makes the poison right so the thing is multiplying so before you have symptoms is the best time like prevention but it's never prevention in my theory of not theory it's really it's truth you're on the health continuum. Mm -hmm. And before you have symptoms, it's starting to proliferate. So you're never preventing, you're just stopping the process that you just From don't, expanding more that you just you. don't yep. know you have. So mm -hmm. to take prophylactic ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, but there, there are, according to my optometry uh, colleague, who's one of the top optometrists in the country, Dr. Kerry Gelb, he, he's read some literature, and I, I, don't, I don't have time to read everything. That yeah, yeah. If your vitamin D is over 50, over 50 there have been no bona fide reported cases of death. Okay. So, you know, it's, yeah, I take it's, like a bunch of vitamin it, D it's all in the those morning. Things. Yep. So I have a question then because uh, another thing that they demonize is the sun. They love to demonize. And I, have, I have a story behind that. That's I, why I figured I, imagine, I, I, I wanted to know. So if you look at, if you look at the lab core report for vitamin D, they quote um, MJ or MH Hollick, Michael Hollick, BU professor of medicine interesting character but he's the one who's done more research on vitamin d than anybody and about 25 years ago he told the dermatology society that he was part of that we should not be discouraging people from going out in the sun mm -hmm. at which time they retracted his license and kicked <laughs> him out of the society yep you know but so cod liver oil my favorite supplement has d and a in the natural form but so we take d3 but in your skin, you synthesize D2, D3, D4, D5, different isomers. And no one's really studied them well enough to know 
how they interact to create health. And we just take in this mono. So your skin being the largest organ, not the largest system, yep. is what else is it synthesizing? You know, it's synthesizing so many different things. Take your damn shirt off. I feel like a freak when I walk around without my shirt on. You know, I live in, um, in eastern Tennessee and we get some pretty hot summers, but I start, my shirt goes off. Yep. Yeah. Anytime I'm not creating goosebumps. I, yep. just, I go outside every morning, plant my feet in the grass and yep. no yep. shirt and just try and to absorb some sun. Damn grass is the best because <laughs> it's a better conductor, you know, yep. so it's a perfect Ground time, yourself, perfect yep. time yep. to do it. Well, so. it's good. It's nice to hear that we're no, on the same page on a lot of things. Be, yeah, <laughs> the, you know, we're trying. I, I don't have. I don't have well, the knowledge that you this, have. This, but would, this would. This could be potentially current controversial, and the terms are a little tricky. But there's skin cancer, and then there's cancer of the skin. Okay. okay. Skin cancers like basal or squamous cells. Okay. Cancer of the skin is melanoma. Okay. At least fifty percent of the time, the melanoma shows up where the sun don't shine. Yeah, my father got it on his back. Right. That is coming from within. That is a That's coming from the That is a out. cancer of the skin, not a skin cancer. Okay. And there's almost no squamous or basal cell that is ever fatal. Um, you know, the statistics are you get sun, your likelihood of dying from cancer is one twentieth of what it will be if you get sun. And the, the, the likelihood of dying from a skin cancer is negligible. Really? Because I, I, I'm, as you can see, I'm, I'm very white. My right, white privilege is it's through the roof, yep. how white I am. Um, I go out in the sun. I live in sunny Las Vegas, and I'm the color of my shirt in, in 20 minutes. So I have to well, do it. You, you have to tie yeah, I have you Yeah. Know, I mean, the, the, the African-Americans, the Africans are dark-skinned because they've always been in a... Um, a high like equator yeah. type living mm -hmm. environment and they've developed pigmentation to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a godson in uh, Massachusetts and his mother would slather that, uh, an African-American would slather that poor kid. And how often are you out in the, the big sun in Massachusetts? You know, not much. It's crazy. That's well, why that, that was my next question. My buddy yeah. who was Jamaican, you know, my, he would um, get sunburned. My corporate medical director is an African American, mm -hmm. and we've done presentations to the Black Health Trust and you know this African American community of uh, doctors providing education to their community. And you know, if you look at the statistics, it's very clear: mortality, any other disease. African Americans are fifty percent higher than Caucasians in every category throughout every age. And the number one reason is they're not getting any freaking vitamin D. Wow. Because because they have the pigmentation. So I don't know if it's they're creating one th one tenth or one third or whatever or one half. Because it's protecting the them D. in that environment, but yes. when they move to this environment where it's they not still as have harsh, the pigmentation, you know, they still have it. And so you just have to be careful. Supplement it. Oh, I, I, you know, I am. Uh, yeah. And you could you could you could use a little low grade sunblock so you can stay out longer. Well, and, I was just going to ask you about the sunblock. You know, I'm not really sure. It's all about. It's all the way you know ultimately is what is your vitamin D level? Yes, you know, and and so that's the key thing. And and I like the vitamin D level to go up because you've been in the sun, because now I know you're getting a array of substances your skin is producing, and a supplement never never reproduces that. But my my you know my girlfriend she yells at me all the time. She's like James put on sunscreen. James put on sunscreen. James put on sunscreen. And you know you look at all the chemicals and, and things. Like you said, your skin's right. your largest organ. I'm now spraying this 
these chemicals all over my skin. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, I never put sunscreen on, so I'm completely ignorant, and I never would recommend anybody put sunscreen on. Um, I avoid it for the if most I can. part, but there there must be some sunscreens that aren't aluminum based or whatever. Yeah, I don't, well, know, yeah, I don't I, even have the I, aluminum in my deodorant. I don't know what they are, so. But there's got to be something out there. There's got to be. You're, you're right. But the regular, like, this, I stay away from it. I yell. I'm like, nah, I'm not putting it on. She's like, you're going to get sunburned. And I don't want to hear you complain. I'm yeah. like, well, you well, want to avoid James the sunburn, to too. too. But <laughs> can you can you ever darken a little bit so you can take more over time? Yeah, well, well that's that, what I do. I, I, I okay. start in the, the beginning the of the summer season. I, I, I read my books outside. So, like, I was just reading uh, Dr. Sean Baker's book about the carnivore diet. And he actually referenced that Harvard study about, about cholesterol that you were talking about earlier in the book and brought the study into the book and was talking about it because that's a big issue when you're eating that much red meat. People say, oh, you're going to get too much, too high cholesterol. It's nonsense. Um, but I, what, another thing that kind of correlated with what you said about diets, he said, he goes, a diet shouldn't be to lose weight. And everybody eats, take, do, does these diets to look good. A diet should be to make you feel good, to have your body feel, exactly. feel good. Yep. And a byproduct of that may be losing weight and weight loss but at the end of the day if you wake up and you you, you don't you're not in aches and pains your body feels good right. you're doing something right your I'm, body's telling i'm actually ashamed of the one video i produced on on um nutrition because i call it weight loss made easy and i really am ashamed of myself for for focusing on that it really should be what it is but i want more people to watch it it's it a, should it's be a what it catchy is headline yeah eat high nutrient dense foods and so what I show, and the only problem I have with the carnivore diet really is that supporting the fiber of the microbiome, that, that's so, so critical. So that's the, that's the deficiency. Yeah, that, he, he that goes diet. into the fiber aspect, and I forget exactly what he said and how he brought it up. But I'm sure you'd find, because find, he, he backed everything up with studies. He was a, uh, you can an orth- find, orthopedic. You can find studies to support everything. Anything yeah. you want to go anything. in your direction. It's all really. mechanism. So I want, I want more fiber. And more mineral intake. Mm-hmm. If you take getting liver, that's good. But if people want to look, you know, you will convert protein that you don't need through gluconeogenesis to sugar. So I see a lot of people on higher protein diets, particularly my athletes, that sugars are, are surprisingly elevated for them in terms of what it should be. So that's the only thing I, I do. But so my my um, whole concept is just the American plate. Just rearrange the American plate to more low more like half low glycemic vegetables and that way you're you're getting more fiber you're getting more minerals and you're getting the right amount of protein and the right amount of fat and if you do the math see there are carbs and then there are net carbs mm-hmm. or are um, absorbable carbs versus non-digestible carbs so as you increase the fiber you decrease the amount of calories that really count so like if if you eat a uh, you know, a, a gram of potato, you're going to get a full gram of sugar. If you eat a gram of cer- uh, celery, you're going to get um, one tenth of a gram of sugar. So you can eat the same amount of food because Americans are quantity focused. Yeah. Yes. And you rearrange your plate, and you can actually cut your calories while increasing your nutrients. You can cut your calories and in half. And eating the same amount of food. Eating well, the same amount of food. When we were, you know, I was a professional fighter and a wrestler my entire life, and that was so important because I couldn't eat a lot. I, I had right. to, I had to be very careful in what I put in my body, but I was wrestling at a very high level, and I had to have a lot of energy. Right. So I needed to make sure it was very nu- nutrient heavy, so I my body was able right. to work. You can and, perform and perform at a high level, absolutely, and, and make it happen. So 
a, a lot of people in that that space understand that but the average american they don't they they, they, don't. they just shovel their face with, and, and convenience is a big seller dude we were said it the exact same yeah you know the bible says we're we're here on earth to struggle and no one really wants to struggle no there's a gentleman that's doing um um opening up uh franchising power clinics that we've been talking he's right next to us and it's like I just told him, I, you know, because I'm my favorite sport is cycling. It's cathartic for me. I meditate. Some of my best ideas are coming. But I used to be more into, a, even though I'm skinny, a powerlifting. So now I do. My powerlifting is all squats and uh, toe raises and things like that. And um, they're very demanding because you're using it yep. as opposed to a bench press. You know, huge muscle mass. And the only way you're gonna improve is you have to push the limit and americans don't know how to push the limit anymore it easier is better like today i'm not bragging or anything like that but you know i, I have my little doggy with me she came 800 miles so i'm going to take her for a run i did a five mile run along the river um i wanted to get her er here early so i have the car park where there's shade and then i wanted to ride my bike so i rode my bike and so i'm looking at looking at this thing and i have I found a place with a spigot, filled my water bottle up. I had a towel in the back, and I showered in the parking lot. That's all right. No, but you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. No, but the inconvenience of that, I had to do that if I wanted to get my exercise in. Yes. You have to make sacrifices. Well, what I'm saying yeah. is, no, it's a good way. If you want to be healthy, making. if you want to be healthy, it's going to require effort. And then the, the, the conversation about the, the squats is that. If I really want to improve, it doesn't matter what freaking age you are, your muscles do not age, you have to push yourself. And you have to push yourself hard if you want to get better That's at how you break any through. age. That's yep. how you break through. You have to break through. And I'm just saying, like, right now, I'm saying I've lifted so many years in my life and exercised every day. I never miss a day almost. And it's like you, man. I'm having a hard time pushing myself to the breakthrough on squats because it's so... It's demanding. demanding. But it's see, demanding we also live in a culture of it shouldn't have to hurt. Guess what? If you want to improve it's at anything, hurt a little bit. your brain, your parenting, your love, your muscles. Your love muscles. People always say <laughs> that. Is, is that it's going it's to require a little bit of work. more work yep. than you're currently putting into mm -hmm. it. That break but that particularly health. I'm that sorry. breakthrough point is right outside your comfort zone. And it that's what always people, is. Yep. No one wants that, to go out of their comfort zone. That's the so, problem. But you don't grow and, go, and, not going and outside of your comfort zone. And people love the convenience. And, and they don't... It, like, for example, and uh, it's wild that you said that because it does take sacrifice. You said it at the exact... We, we came together, Ben. Yeah, we, we mind-locked, absolutely. We were yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. But we look exactly the it, same, too. Yeah, with a nice ginger yeah. beard. You know, you know, I'm jacked and tan like you with a nice sharp blazer. See, I try to hide myself that I'm an anarchist. You know, it's like I will kill for our country. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, without, without compunction. I'm going to tell you one last story. If you want to, I mean. I'm, no, I'm having a blast. You're, so I, so here's a story a conversation. Um, at the 25th anniversary of the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which really started out just hormone and human growth hormone. But, you know, they have a good society, large following. I know the president, Ron Klatz, and he invited me to speak on the 25th anniversary. So I, I, my topic was kind of interesting. It was called Back to the Future of Medicine. Okay, Back to the Future of mm -hmm. Medicine. And, of course, you guys get it, right? Immediately, it's like, let's get back to before pharma, before all that. 
But so what I did is I did a study on, um, on health and, and our preconceived notions. So a lot of people would say that around 1900, the average life expectancy was 35 years plus or minus. It's absolute nonsense, okay? John Adams, 1700s, lived to 90. Ben Franklin, 84. George Washington, famous for his bad teeth. They bloodlet him, that's why he died. They yep. let out 40% of his blood, okay? When you look at zero to five, zero to six mortality in 1900, eight, 1800s, 50%. Yeah. So if you conclude all the kids that died at one month in your that's longevity the statistics. numbers to nobody lives it's, past 35 years old. Right, it's yeah. crazy. So this guy, Paul Clayton out of Oxford, wrote a series of papers called How the Mid-Victorians Lived, Ate, and Died. And they're from 1870. And what he said is there was a narrow period of time, 1860 to 1880, when British citizens in that period lived longer than Brits today. They didn't have clean running water per se, convenient. They didn't have, you know, heating, air conditioning, sanitation. Grocery stores. You know, look at, uh, look at John Adams. You know, they're heating with uh, coal and wood, breathing in all that smoke and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yet he lived to 90. So, so I went and investigated why did we start losing longevity after 1880? And it's a very simple thing. Oh, shit. What do you think it is? And you, you, you already said it pretty much. Convenience? All convenience. So what happened is, in the mid-Victorians, had a little garden in the backyard. They had their chickens. They ate the whole freaking chicken, mm -hmm. liver and everything, own vegetables. But they're poor. And they were lifting 20 tons of soil to build British infrastructure every day, most of these workers, right? Yep. So they're fit, okay? Then comes 1880, steam shippers are getting bigger and bigger, American um, grain belt and all this, they're getting, and canning became perfected. Yep. So processed foods and the transportation from far lands became, became into existence, 1880, and that's when you saw it start to decline again. After you saw that, a real yeah. decline, and then, uh, you know, it's wild because my great grandfather was off the boat from Italy, and he came to Brooklyn and then moved to New Jersey. So he was in New Jersey when I was a kid, and he'd literally go in the backyard of Clifton, New Jersey, and shoot the rabbits. And I'd yeah. open the freezer, a little kid. There's a full rabbit, <laughs> yeah. fur and everything, yep. sitting in the freezer, yeah. and he ate the whole thing. Yeah. He did not leave any eyeballs, everything, everything. Yep. everything. <laughs> well, my my one health tip, which may be a little bit outside of. Um, your normal um, line of thinking. I like that stuff, though. Yeah. Is, um, that's up our alley. <laughs> so all, all the soil that's been lost, where have all the nutrients gone? They had to go somewhere. They didn't evaporate. Where'd they all go? You think they went deeper? They went into the ocean. Oh, wash away. Look at the Missouri River, the Mississippi River. And yeah, the, at the bottom, the all, Delta, right? It's a big right? funnel. Yeah. yeah. All going in the Gulf. So the ocean is rich in minerals. Yeah, there may be some toxicity, but I, I believe that we are healthy and we can detoxify. Okay. And that most of nature is good for us. So all these nutrients are in the ocean. And um, you look at the USDA talking about seafood. Seafood oh. is, in their word, sea flesh. Yeah. There is no reference in the USDA that I can find to sea vegetables. And if you want to have healthy vessels, which is everything, the Japanese live seven years longer than, on average, than Americans. They eat a lot of sea vegetables. Yeah. Sea vegetables 
And I gave Justin some. The seaweed, uh, yeah. Yeah, the little seaweed. I, we my, eat that too. My favorite is umibudo. It's a little harder to find, but that sea grapes. And I believe you're getting organisms from the ocean in the sea grapes. So because that's the sea like grapes are literally little spheres. And when you eat them, it squirts water, so it's seawater. Yeah. And so you're invariably going to have sea organisms, which will yet further expand your microbiome. And it's good for your well, belly, too, so right? Then you have this, this, good for your the, stomach the as salt, well, too, the right? The the water, which has tons of minerals. Tons like, of minerals. Like every morning, I start my day with uh, a glass of water and a squeeze of uh, pink Himalayan salt in there for the minerals yep. in the morning because we're yep. mineral deficient. Absolutely. Yep. And, Brilliant. Uh, and I squeeze a lemon and I have a, uh, 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 what's it called? The vinegar, apple cider vinegar. Yep. You, you probably, if you have that irritable bile, you probably have a little H. pylori, which was subject to the Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize of 2005 for stomach ulcers. But even at low levels, H. pylori is a living antacid in your stomach. And so many people that have gut issues have a, have enough of that you're like would you take a tums every day no i i, I okay. stay away from if you life. have h pylori in your gut it's like you're taking a tums okay in your gut every really? day no i don't take a tums i smoke weed and that's the only thing that's helping my stomach no but what i'm saying is what i'm saying is i test for h pylori in uh -huh. everybody and it's shocking how many people are positive for that I'm and sure they all not. have gut issues yeah i'm sure and they've tried to fix their gut mm -hmm. and they've been to greater or lesser success. That's where I'm at. And it's because they've got something in their stomach that's disrupting it. Well, that's why I said I'm going to need all your information so I can contact you after <laughs> after the podcast because I got I got some stuff we got to oh, yeah, work you, on to yeah, make you me feel better. All the issues. You did. Like, you hit well, on like 90% of the stuff well, going on with me. For, for me, I, like I said, I used to be a very high-level athlete. Uh, you know, I, I trained very all day, every day for my entire life, and then I got into a car accident and I couldn't train. Now the only workout I do is I ride a stationary bike. That's yeah. all I can really do. Well, take a look at my my um, Dr. Carter on my team is the uh, corporate medical advisor for a company called Softwave TRT. Softwave TRT, standing for Tissue Regeneration Technology. And what it does is wherever you're having pain, so your body. One of the mechanisms of diseases that I, I have four mechanisms that I focus on. One of them is called uh, thrive versus survive. Uh huh. So like your back pain isn't really affecting your survival. No. It's affecting your thriving. Yes. So your body is more focused on survival things and that ain't it. Mm -hmm. So what shockwave does, it gives you, it's like ultrasound, but gives a very high intensity acoustic wave um, like a frequency in, like very high into your body which literally creates a very subtle irritation in that tissue and so it's signaling to your body to transition from that this is this could now be life-threatening in the survival arena and it sends all kinds of healing things to it um, I I had a bike crash in New Britain Connecticut serious one and one a race I was in in 1983 and my shoulder still cracks but about 10 years ago it was starting to get a little chronically painful just low grade yeah and i had two shockwave treatments and i still click but i have no pain but you don't have the that, pain the i don't mind clicking like i tore my labrum i have yep. shoulder pain all the time as well i deal with the pain i don't mind the clicking or, or things like right. that it's just i wake up every day and i'm I, it's, for me it's out of sight i don't think about it like i still have to 
complaining is not going to solve right. any you issues. Just, it's, you, you've well, you also grown to used to it, too, because yes. I have chronic pain, too, where it's uh-huh. just like, that's normal for me not to feel these fingers. For me, you know? for me, it's more, I want quality of life back. I want to be able to do the things that I love because right. I, I truly love working out. I truly love training right. and, and doing that physical activity. Like, right. uh, you know, I had that animalistic hunger that I had when I was training and it's gone when I'm not doing that physical activity and I right. miss that. Like, I'll do anything a little bit a little bit physical and I just like get this jolt. I'm like, oh man, I feel it again. Like, this is great and I miss I it. I and know. I want it back so bad, but I can't because of my neck injury. And uh, I was in, uh, on work too, so I had workman's comp. It was even worse. I didn't get to choose my doctors. It was a disaster. And I truly think if I got to choose my doctors because of where I was training, I had access to some of the best physical therapists. I was training with some of the best fighters in the world in the UFC, and they had all the best doctors. And I had access to all of them. And workman's comp wouldn't allow me to go see them. And I got terrible treatment. Right. And I don't think I think I would have been in a much better situation, not as much pain, if I got to choose my treatment. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Well, what I want you, you probably have some radiology, some images, MRIs, yeah. oh, and yeah. oh like yeah. that. Yeah. You, will, you can send them to me, and we can get uh, Dr. Harsfield to take a look at them, because he's a genius at looking at these things. And then he has a network of very high-level um, people all over the country. And, and none of them are, none of this stuff is super expensive. But, but the first thing we want to do is you try something like Shockwave and see if that starts providing some Step relief. Step one, right? I'm, I'm but but we, also anything, wanna, yeah. we also want to measure your terrain. So what, I'm working with a company called Neurologics and they're a very high level uh, brain retraining and it's also very expensive. And so that, now sending people to me first so I can make sure that their terrain, their physiology yeah. is as best we can possibly get it before they start spending a lot of money on, you know, trying to rebuild. Rewire things. Rewire yeah. when, you're, uh, you're, when you're supply chain Ain't so great. Yeah, yeah. makes okay, sense. So I'm making the supply chain right, and I'm also working with Dr. Harshfield, who's working with a lot of people that have accidents. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there if you're a poor healer, when you do adjustments and other things, you're you're not going to heal well. Um, one of the best markers is how fast your red blood cells settle. It's called the sedimentation rate. And if you have a high sedimentation rate. You, you can tell. Well, some people just bruise easily. Yeah. There's a reason behind that. Yep. Yeah, I don't bruise yeah. at all. Yeah. They're, they're, you can hit me with a bat. They're poor healers. Me. It's yeah. hard a lot me. of people A lot of people do, and they're, they're wondering why they're sick. is because their damage is happening, and they're healing so slowly that the damage is happening at a rate faster than they can heal. And so that's just called degeneration, right? Um, whereas yours, yours was a, an acute thing, and I'm sure there's just some... But I, I'm confident that in most cases, I don't think you're an outlier, that if properly managed, you can overcome a lot of this you stuff. You can get back to I believe, I mean, the body is a fascinating thing. You know that. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, and this is why I'm so frustrated. Right. Because I know this, and I don't have insurance, so I can't afford the doctor treatments, going and paying my own physical therapist. I can't afford, it's too expensive. You, you have to, what you need, it's, it's going to cost something, but you need yeah. someone who can really... Figure it out quickly yes. and efficiently. Yes. And now you're not going down this path and this path. You're not th- throwing money away. You're I, putting yeah, money, yeah. you're investing That's, money into I your, like the, your I recovery. I like to think in our program, we've been, we've, my mentor at Harvard was so brilliant that when I trained under him for 15 years, he knew which direction was north. And that's what he taught me. And so I think 
the reason why my program is le much less expensive than, say, functional doctors mm -hmm. is because I don't play around downstream from what's causing the problems. I get really, I really back up to the root. And that's what's necessary. And I just it? stay there. I don't do unnecessary tests. A lot of docs will do micronutrient tests, genomic tests. It's like, let's not do the micronutrient test until we fix what micronutrients are coming into your body and then what micronutrients you're feel, absorbing. Yep, yeah. I also feel then like with And if the, you still have problems, then maybe we might do a micronutrient yeah, test. Yeah, but, but, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's not necessary. necessary. Well, yeah. if you also go looking for something, you usually find it, too, if you're constantly poking in every single oh, yeah. place. Yeah, they'll like find the PCR something. test. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's running 40 <laughs> cycles so until we find the viral load. Until we get a little blip. Yeah. Yep. So You know, I, I, I know enough about that to be dangerous, but I just know inherently that if someone suggested that I get that test and then hang my hat on it, yeah. The answer would be no. no thank you. No, thank I'm good. You. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way, and I'm not. No, I'm not a you. scientist. I just studied Kerry Mullis, the guy who created the test, and right. listened to him say that it's not meant to pick up a viral load. And, and I do what you, we talked about at the very beginning. It's like, why are you testing for that? Spend your time, money, and energy making yourself healthy. Yep. Don't worry about the, the devil creates noise and yep. confusion. Don't worry about it. Your job is to make yourself healthy. Mm -hmm. Your job is to make yourself healthy. My job is to make myself healthy. Guess what? That empowers us, and then we can say, F you to them. Yep. Oh, a thousand percent. And, yep. and, and when you're unhealthy, your body feels it affects your mental state. Like, it, it, it's way bigger. Oh, it all rolls. It, it all rolls Shit together. rolls downhill. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what I, I found a big issue because, like I said, I was a high-level athlete, and when I got hurt, and everything was taken away from me. I went to a really deep depression. I didn't know what to do. I, yeah. I, I was so active and, I, you know, I surf, I snowboard, I do all these high adrenaline, you know, high energy things and yeah. I couldn't do any of it anymore. So I sunk into this deep depression and I just ate all this food and, and garbage. And now yeah. my knees bother me. Now my yeah. I have way more issues now yeah. because I'm unhealthy and I, I feel it. So, you know, about a year ago, I made a conscious, I need to change this. So I started riding the bike every day. Good. And I started Good. getting as much you know, exercise that's the as I can. The re you know, going back to our program mm -hmm. is, you know, I'll is what we, what we do that cap kind of cap the gate. See you go. You what hold it what so we do is we give you that single number, and that's what I think is is missing in medicine. We give you a single number for your overall risk score. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of so the reason why this is important is I've I've been working a long time to figure out how to motivate people, like bring you out of the, the doldrums, yeah. and you you did it on your own. But so many people can't, can't bring themselves yep. out of it. So they hear about our testing, and we're on Mercola, whatever, and they say, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try and, and at least get testing and find out what's going on. But because we give you a number of where you are on this scale, and it's very vivid, you know, it's very vivid, I am now for the first time getting a lot of repeat customers because they want to know if their number improved. Oh, you know, I mean, yep, yep. You know, because labs are so complex. It's well, like, it's also this lab, that lab. I'm testing 70 <laughs> labs. It's like, which one Which one are you focused yeah, which on? Which one do you look at? Yeah. You don't need to focus. That's actually, you I like the overall score overall idea. number yep. going down, baby. That's all you want. And people are actually excited about getting retested now. I, I would I would be very interested. See, I, what I would love to do is see where I was on the scale when I was in my, my prime fighting condition, right. where I'm at now, 
and then where I'm going to be when I'm when I get back. Absolutely, I would love to see that data because it's yep. probably fascinating. Like the, the trouble we have right now with our labs is our labs are so detailed and so um, there's so many that almost no one, no, nobody has them from the past. I mean, no. yeah. what I do, what I do do if we do a consult and people have past labs is I will look at their values in the context of my normal ranges yep. and be able to tell at them and, and see the see the trend analysis kind of thing. Yeah, but um, that's still fascinating. Awesome. No, I, that's, yeah. that, that's, no, this this has been very, uh, very opening and helpful yep. <laughs> for <laughs> us. No, uh, Tom, well, this is one of the, one of the best conversations yeah, that I've we ever had. Yeah, we had a great had. time. This, this is, this Guys, is, this I is enjoyed fantastic. it all. I enjoyed it all. You know, my, my mentor always told me, I, I considered him the best doctor in the world the way he carried himself out. He says, you know, he goes, Tom, what I do is actually pretty easy. Did I, I talk about anything really complicated today? No. No. Not no. one damn thing. Talk about no. soap. Talk about soap. <laughs> we learned about soap. <laughs> talk about soap like Fight soap. Club. Yeah. <laughs> Truth is definitely stranger than fiction. Yeah, what do you do in your big school where it's just there's using nothing people we do that, understand what you're talking about? There's nothing we do that's complicated. Yeah, no. no that's it's why good. we don't use big words. But that's, but that's why we, I think that's why everybody was going to be able to relate a lot easier because you put in layman's terms, as they say, right? But yeah. I think, you know. Keep it simple, stupid, like you said in the beginning. Yeah. Whether it's your health, whether it's explaining your health, I think that's a that's a good way to re- now, relay information. I'll tell to you, people. I'll tell you off, Mike, but I always yeah. tell people the best. What's the best way to know in your case, James? What's the best way to know on a daily basis if your body is healing itself? Um, how you feel? I don't know. The best way is to look in the toilet at your poop. Uh, it makes sense. The waste. Okay, so I, now I will tell the story. Go for it. <laughs> Whether you're two or 102, yep. a red blood cell in your body only lasts four months until it's worn out. Mm-hmm. Just like the dollar bills. They wear out, they take them out, they replace them with new ones. And when that red blood cell is ready to be discarded, the kidneys, which are very um, recycling-focused, conservation-focused, mm-hmm. plucks the iron out to reuse it. Guess what red blood cell color turns when you pluck the iron out? Brown. 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 So when you look in the toilet, it's mostly the brown color has a lot to do with discarded red blood cells. So what it's saying to you when you look in the toilet is that I, too, am rejuvenating and regenerating every day. And the proof is I'm discarding old red blood cells, so I have to be producing new ones. So just looking in the toilet is a very simple way, whether you're two or 102, that your body's miraculous and you always have a chance to rejuvenate. Well, I must be doing cells. a lot of healing because I poop a lot. I guess that's you're what I'll You're a super say. healer. My, my girl's like, why are you in the bathroom? Well, like, I'm healing, baby. I'm healing, I'm healing. baby. <laughs> right. Might not smell great, you but absolutely I'm healing. Are, baby. Yeah. If you're healing red blood cells, you're healing every other cell, too. Oh, awesome. awesome. That's amazing. Well, Dr. Tom, I really appreciate you. you been a, you've been, been a lot of fun for me. It was great. Wealth of knowledge, and I'd love to have you back on on our regular show over oh, Zoom man, call sometime. So we got to get your contact information. Tell everybody where they can find you and any anything going forward and anything that you want to tell simple. our audience. It's simple. It's a long URL. It's health mm-hmm. revival. We're reviving your health. Health revival partners with an S because. I don't make anybody healthy. I just give guidance, yep. measure, good measurements, and recommendations, and it's all on you after that, baby. Okay. So, yep. so we are partners in your health. Love that. I love that. So I'm going to link that down below for everybody. 
Go Beautiful. check that out. Pick up, pick up. If the books are on his website, buy them on the website. Don't go to Amazon and buy from there. But if they're not on the website, go to Amazon. Pick up, pick up one of his books. Tom's a brilliant man, and this is a, such an awesome conversation. And you're a breath of fresh air, knowing that there, there's people in the, that in the optical yeah. field that are that are actually doing it right. That's that's something that I I, I, I really appreciate about you because, like I said earlier, I, I have a hard time trusting doctors and and people in the medical field because not and to no fault of their own, it's because of their schooling and the way they were taught. And I, and to see people like you out here preaching about health and prevention and things rather than just medicating people it's it's really really nice to hear so thank you for that no i'm awesome. honored to be with you guys too because you're you're sending the message now i'm a i'm a i'm a isolated island without folks like you so well, hey, absolutely listen, we got to work together yeah if we can if we can help you anyway spread what spread your word spread your message we have a very Good. large audience we'd love to have you on anytime you want to come on it's an open yeah, door let's man. do some q a's well, well oh, i also absolutely. think you got two new people to to work yeah, with yeah, yeah. <laughs> two new patients <laughs> picked up two new patients so, so ladies, two new suckers <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> ladies and gentlemen dr tom lewis thank you awesome. god bless thank you thank god you. bless our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. And this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. We've seen this firsthand in the WikiLeaks documents in which Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers, her special interest friends, and her donors. Honestly, she should be locked up. 
The most powerful weapon deployed by the Clintons is the corporate media, the press. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie, 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 and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that. This is well documented, and the establishment that protects them has engaged in a massive cover-up of widespread criminal activity at the State Department and the Clinton Foundation in order to keep the Clintons in power. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, folks, believe me. I built a great company and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family, instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks. Who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much, and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement and we will take back this country for you and we will make America great again. You can't handle the truth.